This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Wow, from a super secret location in downtown Cleveland, Ohio, it is podcast number 38. Is that the number? No, I have no idea. I made that up. XTNDAV.com, Extend Technologies, boom. Market. I have no idea how many we've done of these. Like the first four, we started counting them, and then both of us lost complete interest. We in look that. like we're about to play chess. We should do that live on air one time no. on the podcast. No. I think we'd make it very interesting. And then, and then the the most important part of the chess playing, as I've learned in movies, like searching for Bobby Fischer and The Handmaid's Tale. Is that the other one? We should do or a live thing. Different? We should do a live thing on Twitch, and Lyman and I should play Hungry Hungry Hippos against each other at this table. Actually, we now, sh- that's a good idea. We should play Crossfire, but after each turn, we have to hit the timer. We have to hit the thing, which none of us understand the point of that. I always said if you if you oh, saw oh, the nineties oh. saw if you saw the nineties commercial, which everybody did, Crossfire, Crossfire. Yeah. The kid, you got a Crossfire. Um, Falar, Chris Falar, wasn't he in? Looks like the oh, kid he looks in like the Crossfire. He, see, Lima thought he was actually well the because kid. Falar. I should have went with that. Fancies himself as a child model, and yes, he does. I thought he even had, now he does. I thought he had done something like that and was in Crossfire. Double A corrected us. This is episode fifty-five. Double A, no one cares. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, hold on, cares. we have to get to ten thousand hours. Uh, before we have specifically Malcolm Gladwell, yes, Are you gonna like this. So I had John U. Bacon on. Oh, I gotta, I gotta text myself real quick. Uh, I had John U. Bacon on, and oh, what I was book about, is what book is he trying to sell? Oh, this, no, time? this is great. This is great. He has a book called Let Them Lead, and they texted me before, and they were like, "Because hey, I love John U. Bacon, yeah. and we were, I brought him on to talk Michigan football on the network, and I didn't realize his book is about his hockey team he coached." Which is really cool. I think they won like a title or something like that. It's really good. And I brought it up, and he goes, "I said it's it's on NPR's list." And he's like, "It's actually made Malcolm Gladwell's list." And I go, "Well, you know, it's good. He had to read the book ten thousand times before he actually before put it he on mastered the list. it." Yeah. And I, I got a laugh out of John U. Bacon. Boom. That's pretty good. Yep. Do you Which buy John it? U. Bacon doesn't just give laughs to anybody willy nilly. Do you buy it that uh, to become an expert, uh, to to reach the area of expertise that is necessary to be deemed an expert? That you need ten thousand. I think it's. I think it's pretty. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And it's it, it kind of outlines. I don't know if it's ten thousand. I, I don't know, know if I played ten thousand hours of tennis, would I be any good? No, that's. I've always said that I could play ten thousand hours of basketball. Yeah. If the, now it might make me an expert on the ins and the outs of all of that. It's why I've said countless times. I think you've agreed with me that we as fans or Madden players or whatever, we have seen more two minute drills than any head coach has. 
and I know people are going to go, what are you talking about? Well, because Bill Belichick, well, he might, he's a terrible example, actually, because he seems to be pretty good at it. Hmm. But Hugh Jackson, what has he been doing every Saturday or Sunday for the last 25 plus years? Well, he's been coaching on the sidelines, his team. Mm. And when they watch film... Why did you have to use him as an example? Well, Jesus. because he was the perfect example because he's not a good head coach. Oh, okay. At least from what he's proven, he doesn't seem to be a very good head coach. So me and you, in our short lives, yours a little shorter than mine, have seen more final two minutes of games with the knowledge of timeouts right there on the screen for us with the score, with mm. the play clock, with the game clock on the screen, right in front of us with no other impediments, no knowledge of injury. We don't have distractions. Crowd noise doesn't matter to me and you. We are focused on one thing and one thing only at the end of these games, and that is, and I have time to text it. That's how focused we are, that I even have time to text my buddy or to tweet and say, should have used time out there. Or, ooh, should have ran a play there. Uh, should have spiked there. Didn't spike and instead decided to run a play. Uh, all of those things. How to jockey for position around the two-minute warning. Those are all in the thought processes of us watching the game undeterred like Hugh Jackson on the sidelines who's only watching one game. Yeah. His game that he's in and has – all the things that he's thinking about for that game. He has to think about the actual plays that they have to run. Me and you don't. We don't know the playbook. All we have to know about are the timeouts, the clock is ticking, where they are on the field. I love to play that game with myself, though, because I – people aren't going to believe this. Well, they they might from us. We do try to be fair. And so when there's like a minute 30 left and there's two timeouts, I will write down on my notes, 130. Mm Mm-hmm. You're at, you got the ball at your own 27. Okay, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And what am I doing? Because it's not just what are we doing here. Because I think a lot of us, we just go play by play. You have to think about, okay, what's that get? Does that get third and seven? Or does that get second and seven? Okay, where's the clock at? Now, you try to do because I want to I, – I just want to be – I want to give a coach a fair chance. Because I think so many times – I think there's so many places where we look at them and we go, what is with your clock management? What are you doing? Yes. What are you doing? And that happens everywhere. And it, it just galls me. It doesn't gall me. That's the wrong usage. But how fans can notice it and, and the coaches don't. So that, to me, tells me it has to be more complicated than us just sitting there going, how did you not see what was up on the clock? But I've always said that. I've always thought to myself, all of this has to be way more complicated than we think. Like, guys that – and I, I used to be entertained by Bill Simmons. I used to read his articles – uh, every week on page two or whatever when I was in college. Grantland. And he and then later Grantland. And he would be ripping all these coaching decisions. And I thought to myself all along, I'm like, he's right. He's right. This is terrible. And then you realize, oh, so 100% of coaches are terrible. Yeah. Obviously, this is harder than we think. And I, I've, I've used that same line of thinking when it comes to officiating. Well, because they're playing defense, too. It's not just which way to get down there. Yes. Like, people look at This is what I get upset about. Upset about. People look at it as if there's different ways to get there, but you're going to get there. It's just, no, there's defenses. There's someone actually, like, you're not just looking at different roads on a map on how to get to your place. There are people trying to stop you from doing so. And they get paid to play defense, too, so you have to be able to navigate through that. I bet 
I want to ask a coach this. I think that that like for a guy like Kevin Stefanski, a two minute drill has to be the most satisfying thing in the world. It has to be so when satisfying works. when it works. When you get down there and you, especially when you score a touchdown, I mean that has to be as as great a feeling as you get as a play caller and as a coach. I think it is. It's got to be. Especially well, the Steelers. The Steelers had a pretty good one the other day against the Ravens when both teams were offensively challenged. And then when the Ravens decided to jump off sides, which I still haven't seen official comment yeah. on that, but we talked about it on the show, that that there's a really good chance that was intentional to give Pittsburgh the yes. first down and to hurry things yes. up. And then Pittsburgh took it, did not decline the penalty, scored a touchdown with 40 seconds left. The problem is they kicked the ball out of bounds. And when you kick the ball out of bounds, it changes all the calculus. It changes all the dynamic. And then what does Baltimore do? They come right down the field using up all the time and score a touchdown. I think there is so much, and I'd love to hear coaches on this. I bet it's other than winning the game, that's the best feeling. Other than a two-minute drive to win the game, I think that's the second best feeling. I think a lot of coaches wish they're in a situation where they can take the headset off in the fourth quarter and walk around and, and get people in because they've won by enough. Well, then you want to be a college coach. Yeah. But, you get a lot of those. Oh, you get a ton of those. Uh, well, depending on where you're at. You know, if you're if you're just taking over a program in the Mountain West, maybe you're not going to get a whole lot of headset off days. Uh, but um, unless you're on the other end of that, I then it's like, say, well, yeah. what the hell? So I think that there is the best feeling is winning. Second best feeling is, is winning with a two-minute drive. And you could say vice versa even. But I don't think you want it that way because that means that other things haven't gone your way. And I think the best feeling after that has got to be two-minute drive, touchdown, into halftime, and you're getting the ball back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, whether you're winning, whether you just went up by 10, oh, my God. If you made it a two-possession game going into halftime and you're up by – like, say you're up by three, you scored a touchdown, boom, 10, and there's three seconds left, that's the end of the first half, and you're getting the ball back. Oh, we don't to our, make it a three possession game. Oh, my our radio God, show though never talks. We never talk about the deferring of the coin toss or the wind. A lot of people um, like to take the ball first. I know they want that first opportunity. Put you on your heels. Cause see that because there was a lot of times, and I've wondered about this. I still think it's about unlocking defenses and going towards tendencies, like it's like scheming towards tendencies after the first drive or even the first two drives. What are the tendencies now we can take advantage of some of these things? But I wonder if there's more of a thinking, especially with new age offenses. Is this, is this more go down, boom, score, get them on their heels? And then we'll, they're still down 7 nothing. There's still something in the noggin that says they're down 7 nothing. And now we've either changed what they're going to do, even though it really shouldn't, or we're, gonna, we're still going to be up 7 learning from their tendencies. You were going to say something, I cut you off. Well, I was just thinking of Ohio State-Michigan, a game which I did not see, as you know. Mm. Uh, but I think I saw, and I want to – I can't uh, believe you didn't watch it. I want to go back and look at this. Let me go to the play-by-play. I'm on it. Okay, first play. Yes. Okay, Michigan. They did not win the coin toss. Ohio State won the coin toss. What did they do? And they elected to defer. So Michigan gets the ball first. They go 10 plays, 75 yards, Scored. and now they've got all the confidence in the world. You're Ohio State. You have one of the most prolific offenses in Ohio State history this year and, of course, one of the best in college football this year. You had just seen what you did to Michigan State not that long ago. Yeah. I know Michigan's not Michigan State. I get that. Actually, funny thing is Michigan State was ranked higher than Michigan for most of the year and beat Michigan. Uh, we forget that. But either way, it uh, doesn't matter because once Michigan won the game, it changed the whole season yeah. and how we thought about the teams. But – this is maybe the worst, the worst rationale in terms of 
No other decision-making is going into this other than what I just told you. Use it. How would Ohio State not take the ball first and try to plant the seed of doubt in Michigan, which is sitting there with seed of doubt hovering hovering around their minds? If Ohio State gets the ball first and they score, and they score Ooh. totally different game. I thought – Maybe so not. Maybe you think Michigan was so good that they, it wouldn't matter. I don't know. They showed highlights of the 2006 Ohio State-Michigan game, which I actually <laughs> – I was down there for it. I was in college early in my college life, and I actually had – I still have somewhere a bag. It's in a bag in a like in a um, canvas bag of dirt from the field from that win. You rushed the field? No, my buddy did. Oh, someone else. And he did. got me dirt. He got. I told you I was a huge Ohio State fan. Mm-hmm. When I die, you guys are going to find some shrine and go. He was lying to us the whole time. <laughs> um, I was a huge Ohio State fan, and I had I still have the dirt somewhere. It's at my parents' house, I'm sure. And uh, I remember that. Michigan scored first, mm-hmm. and I go well. We'll see how the rest of this goes. I mean, just because you scored first, they were throwing their body blows in that game, man. It was back and forth, big hits, big hits. And looking back, should have known, mm. should have known. Oh wait a second, Michigan's getting some pressure on us, and we can't stop them. Yeah. Oh, Urban Meyer's watching this game. What did you think uh. though? What did you think though of? Um, are you you're talking about this year's game, right? No, I'm t- I'm going back to 2006. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Urban Meyer yeah, with the yeah, Florida yeah, Gators yeah. watching that game. Yeah, you're right. Um, can we just bring up for a second, I thought Georgia, it, it might have been a hope. Like, can you say you're surprised when Alabama wins any game? No. But, but I thought Georgia's defensive line. and They it, let him down. Bryce Young had and plenty Bryce Young, of time. And he was unbelievable. And he made – the most of every opportunity, and when they had a chance to get him, he was sidestepping, making moves, and I'm like, all right, well, he's going to be the number one pick in the, in the NFL draft when it's his turn. I wanted to I wanted to take Jamison Williams right off the field and go, you, was you so play good. for the Browns now. I don't he care what the draft says. You play for so the Browns so good. It was absurd how good he was. And I, I know that some people, like now we're kind of figuring out, because it's, it's always a life of overreaction. Georgia's defense is great up until that game. Now it's like, well, they had a really good front seven, but their secondary is a little. I'm like, no, you guys didn't say that before that game. Don't give me that. But Alabama's offensive line, I had watched them not as closely as I I would watch, you know, Ohio State, even though I missed the biggest game of the year. Mm. Uh, I, I watched their offensive line all year. And, boy, did they have issues that weren't just, oh, we're going up against SEC teams. No, like they had issues that Ohio State had on the offensive line. But then Nick Saban is a really good coach, and that was the one thing that we all had to revert back to. That doesn't mean they're going to win every every big game. They have lost some big games, not many. And when they lose, it's a shocker, just like for Urban. When he lost big games, it was a shocker. But that advantage of having Nick Saban and knowing your weaknesses, having your weaknesses get exposed – and then have him be able, against the strength of another team, yeah. to make sure that your weakness doesn't doom you. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, you got a wide receiver like this. And I, and I want to make one other point. You almost feel bad for the rest of college football when stuff like this happens. Because really? I, I was joking around about Ohio State's having a down year and they could finish fourth. If Cincinnati gets waxed and Ohio State wins the Rose Bowl, two ifs, two big ifs, I don't know. But Ohio State could finish fourth, that's a down year. And then someone goes, yeah, Anthony – this was a down year for Alabama, and they're number one. I'm like, you're right. Alabama's on another level. They are on another level, and I think you should feel worse because we did not know when there was name, image, and likeness. Oh, all the teams can cheat now. Oh, all the Texas schools have all this deep bank. SMU could start to recruit. 
Baylor and have some. And by the way, Baylor did end up winning the Big 12 championship. But NIL money. How about Dave Aranda, by the way? Did you know he was, like, homeless? Yeah, I know the whole story. In 2011, holy cow. Like, not very long ago, he had kids, and he got evicted and didn't have money to pay his bills. So I'll get to that, too. That's why to call J.G. Wentworth. But NIL money and the transfer portal, we thought that would make things a little more equitable. Oh, no, what happens is the Ohio State receiver, who was a five-star, is going to go to Alabama instead. So the days of, like, Wisconsin getting Russell Wilson, those days are over. He'll just go play at Alabama. He'll just go play at Ohio State. Like, you're done. The rest of – yeah, you'll have blips. You'll have teams have a good year here and there. It is over. Yeah, but I still it's, think the blips gives gives other teams hope. I, know, I think it'll still bounce I know, out. I know, but again, you give these teams more games than even the fluke years. This was the fluke year for Alabama, and you give them another game, what's going to happen? Because think about it. Mm. If there was a BCS and no conference championship, now you could argue maybe the committee would not have had Cincinnati number two if it was BCS to keep them out. But letter of the law with the BCS and the formula, it probably would have been Cincinnati and Georgia in the national championship. But what happened? You gave Alabama another game. Of course they're going to prove themselves. Yeah. Go to 2014, Ohio State. You give them another game. They, with Urban Meyer, I don't care, third string quarterback, doesn't matter. We are going to run it up on Wisconsin and get in the damn playoff and mm. get another chance. So even in the down years for these programs, you give them more games, what do you think is going to happen? They are ultimately going yeah. to win. They are going to win. Worst, okay, best thing that could have happened for Georgia was Georgia losing. True or false? We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, XTNDAV.com. Because who do they play now? They play Michigan. They play Michigan. If they would have been the one seed. They got their they would, loss away. If they, they would have been the one seed, who would they have played? Cincinnati. So why is this the best thing? I'm asking true or false. Well, I'd say false, I guess. Okay. Alabama winning the national championship. Horrible for college football or fine? Yeah, it'd be bad. It'd be bad um, because, hey, I, I'm in I'm in this area where even this year notwithstanding, it has been, you know, Ohio State, we always say Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, but in reality, it's Alabama up here. Clemson, Ohio State, other SEC team every mm-hmm. year you want to throw mm-hmm. in if it's LSU one year, Auburn one but, year. But I've Georgia also, another year. See, this is where it's interesting though. And in in I'm gonna borrow a wrestling term. I think college football's kind of exposed their business. Because I can go back through the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and I can find dynastic Di- dominant college yeah. football teams. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC, that type of thing. But they were voted national champions. Mm-hmm. Now I know that there's been a pseudo national championship game. With bowl games. Number one, Miami. Number yeah. two, Nebraska. Orange vice versa. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that type of thing. I know that there's been that way. But, like, if you look at, what was the year, 71 or 2, the Rose Bowl, Ohio State lost. They lost to Stanford, and they would have been national champions if they would have beat Stanford. And if they would have won that game, like, because Notre Dame beat Texas. Texas was number one. And I think Nebraska, because they were number three and they won their bowl game, they ended up being national champions. There's still a debate. Like, it's still open for conversation. Mm -hmm. So then, like, an Alabama team, say there was no national championship game, and the season just ends with bowl games now. Say there's no conference championship. There was no conference championship then, right? So it just ends the season. Alabama finishes with one loss. Georgia finishes with nothing, with no losses. They're undefeated. Georgia goes to a 
what would it be, a, a Sugar Bowl? A Sugar Bowl game against God knows who. Alabama goes to another bowl game against God knows who. Alabama rolls whoever they play. They're still mm, third. Michigan goes to the Rose Bowl. Michigan rolls whoever they play. They're still second. Georgia goes to the Sugar Bowl. Who's the Sugar Bowl opponent for the SEC? Why am I drawing a blank? Isn't it? Um, is it the AC? No. Is it the AC? Big 12. Big 12. Big 12. Big 12. So they roll um, Baylor. They mm-hmm. beat Baylor. Yeah. And it's like Georgia's 13-0. and 0. Right. You can't take anything away from Georgia. Now there's still a conversation to be had. And there's more parity because it, there's a human element. There's a vote. Now it is settled on the field. And we're finding out, like, hey, Alabama's. Yeah, maybe you don't want it to sell on the field. The team with all the five yeah. stars is going to win. Because it, it kind of goes and back to what you said. Because I, I do think there's going to be a a 12 that beats a four. Or a, a 12 that beats a five. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. But, man, when you get to number one, I mean, how many times you got to get your head kicked in before you figure out, like, dang, I have Yeah, not only do they have all the five stars, but you know what else has happened differently in the last five years? is that Nick Saban's not like, oh, I'm only going to have a system guy because I'm the best coach in America and I will run my system. He's like, no, I'm going to take the five-star. I'm going to actually get the five-star. So now the five-star quarterbacks that used to disperse and go to all those Pac-12 teams, remember that, Kenny? Mm-hmm. The, the big five-stars would go play in these air raid offenses or the Big 12 and I'm going to throw around and get my stats. No, Nick Saban comes into your room and go, hey, play for me and win a Heisman and be a number one overall pick, and win a national championship. the whole thing. So why would you ever now go? And that doesn't mean good quarterbacks don't disperse to other places, too, and they end up being diamonds in the rough. Kenny Pickett is going to end up, uh, you'll see. First round. You'll see. He'll end up going top half of the first round. Probably Matt Corral, then him, then um, I want to see. I hope that, I think that Malik Wills is going to play in that bowl game. I want to see him out of Liberty. I want to, is Carson Strong going to play at all, or is Mm, he done? Oh, I don't know. I forget. I have no problem if these guys sit out bowl games. I feel bad for the gamblers. How about that? (laughs) I feel really bad for the gamblers. Although some tells me they'll know exactly who's going to play more than any other fans will. So they'll (laughs) still win out. Uh, XTENDAV.com, Extend Technologies. So you wanted to get into the bidding war thing. So Michigan State and Mel Tucker changed the game again. And it's just going to continue changing. Maybe not every year, but every other year. It'll continue changing. And so he signs this insane contract with Michigan State based on what? What has he done there? What has he done? Had a great year this year. Had him in the top five. Uh, they were they were doing unbelievably well. Got the doors blown off by Ohio State. Bad matchup for them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's done enough to get that contract. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Mel Tucker struggles. But the Sharks the were in the water. He's already shown that he would leave a, leave yeah. a job. To go get a bigger job, of and so that move, like Michigan State is a high-paying, good job. But like I was saying to myself, like a good God, what game did they win? And I go, guys, none of us are paying attention to the Raiders. Nobody is paying attention to the Raiders and their open job, which is very, very, very open. And they're going to go after somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the Raiders need to be calling Mel Tucker. Raiders need to call this guy. This guy can coach him up. Well, and this is what I wonder, because we've always had these debates that go back and forth with callers and other media people. How does the Browns' job compare to Ohio State? You know, how does the Steelers' job compare to Alabama? Mm-hmm. And, and all of these considerations that we wonder. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, have, I think I flip-flop from day to day on these things. What's I would the always, best job, college and pro? Well, I would always say the college jobs are better. Um, 
we don't know what the NFL coaches make. There are a lot of rumors of what NFL coaches make. We kind of know what most of the college coaches make, and we know their perks many mm-hmm. times, and the perks are unbelievable for these college coaches. And they have to recruit year-round. The, the signing day changed has kind of changed it. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a, but it's not a lot of work on game days when most teams you play, a, play against are going to be overmatched. Yeah. Like your game days are a lot smoother sailing than, say, coaching the Browns, where every game, no matter what your talent advantage or disadvantage, is going to come down to the last possession. It's just it. That's what sucks so bad. Like that, I love the NFL, and I know it's kind of a down year for the football in the NFL. That is, and I think a lot of Browns fans agree with me. That's what sucks about waking up on a game day morning. Like nine out of ten times, with the exception of the Cardinals game and with the exception of the Bengals game on the other side. My heart has pounded at least seven times it, this year in the fourth quarter. Oh, my God. I'm just like, this is going to come down to one possession of the fourth quarter, and I just know, and i got to wait for it. i got to wait for the moment where I'm going to take all these notes just to calm myself down. And in the end, none of them are going to matter because it's going to come down yeah. to the final, the final two drives. And our guy happens to have issues right now being able to be the guy to be behind yeah. in the final two minutes. Yeah, back. and we are always behind. We're never the team playing the defense. We're always behind. It's been that way every game this year. Yeah. It's amazing. Damn it. Like, I'm about to start even if we have saying a lead, F-words. Even if we have a lead in the third quarter, once the fourth quarter comes around, we're losing. That's not even what you meant to do it here. I am bitching it off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What you were saying about the, the we, we, piss so, and match going on between owners. and Yeah. So, if you're an NFL owner, there is no pass the hat around. It's you. Like, in college, if Ohio's, if Ryan Day leaves tomorrow and goes to the NFL – there have been rumors. If that were to happen, what does Ohio State do? They pass the hat around mm-hmm. if they need to. They might not need to because the academic department, because because football makes so much money. But if they do, if they need to pay a buyout, if they have to buy Luke Fickle out at Cincinnati or whatever, they'll pass the hat around. They'll go to the Schottensteins. They'll go to the Wolf family. They, they, they have their avenues that they could do this. Uh, their health system's making a ton of money too. So So all these things happen. But if you're Jimmy Haslam, and let's say Stefanski is out of the picture. Let's say we're talking three years from now and it hasn't happened and Browns want to hire a new coach. It's the Haslam's paying the money. And then they got to buy out Stefanski yeah. because, you know, if he's even around in three years, that means they extended him. Yep. So now they have to buy him out of his contract because <laughs> the fan base is upset and has the pitchforks ready. And uh, a lot of these owners do cave to pressure. They do. They absolutely do. And then what's the difference to them? They have the money, and they're like, screw it. I'll just get another coach. There's always going to be guys that want the job. Even when we were 0-16, there were guys that wanted the job. Well, Maybe not the top guys, but there's always a guy that wants the job. But there are differences in, like, an NFL job right now. I I think we are underrating where, you know, before it was a play. Now you have just so many more things you have to deal with. And it's going to sound like a fuddy-duddy. I'm not trying to be this way. Now you have so many more things to deal with. It's not just that player getting full of himself and thinking he's going to the NFL, you're actually paying that player something for his likeness now. And you're asking 17-year-olds, you're kissing the ass of 17-year-olds, you're getting on a flight, you're doing all this stuff for 17-year-old kids, which is weird when you say mm-hmm. it out loud like yeah. that, but it's true. Uh, it sounds like a winger song. And then in the NFL, it's like, listen, like there's a lot of guys now. It's it's still rare. It's not the way it is all 32 teams but you got a guy like Kyle Shanahan, he picked his general manager. He does what he wants. And if you don't like players, you can cut players. Now, you're on the hook for a lot, but a guy like Jed York is going to exhaust every single – because he, he was in the poop. 
And he's going he's gonna to exhaust every single avenue before he makes a move on Kyle Shanahan. And that's a lot of power for Kyle Shanahan. And, again, these are professionals, and their jobs depend on it. So it's not just, well, you either play me or I'm going to end up in the transfer portal on a good, it's a good spot anyway. No, a lot of these guys, yeah, you have the Odell Beckham Juniors of the world, but they're very few and far between where they're just going to go pick up another job and that'll be okay. Like, they got to play for you. And so I think that that's a lot of power and a lot of security for a coach. But I think you're right because in college, how much money does Ohio State make? Television deal, merchandising, ticketing. I mean, honestly, how much do you do? You have a figure? Do you have anything? Um, well, they they spend it as quickly as they make it. Okay, but but in they, terms of and, revenue, and they have sports that they have to pay for. I get it, but man, not having to pay players. You got to put the money somewhere. Yeah, you got to spend it on something. Well, let's spend it on the coach. Let's spend it on the coach and his staff and his and how well they're able to recruit and and coax players into coming here and making us a football factory, so we can make even more money and spend even more money there. And the NFL, like, do you know what athletics made in 2020 at Ohio State? <laughs> on a on a pandemic year. Now, now remember, this is this is uh, this is revenue. This isn't you know profits. Okay, because they spend it. They absolutely spend as much as they can. Um, yes, the, want to make sure what year this is. Give me the year. 2020. 2020. 2020. 233,800,000. So that's. They made 233 million. But you would, you know what an NFL person would say? How much do they get in revenue sharing a year? What about uh, that the number? NFL teams? About that number an NFL team gets. Yeah. Now they have TV to spend deal. that on salary. Yeah. They have but their TV money, they get that in a year. But they have to spend that on salary. But they also have how do they divvy up how do they divvy up merchandise? Like doesn't a team get their own cut from the merchandise that they sell in the stadium? How do they divvy up ticketing? Mm-hmm. How do they like that type of thing? There's always extra revenue. How do they their own advertising in their own stadium and on their own television Which is a networks? Huge business. And, exactly. So there's a lot more there's still a lot more money coming in. And let's not act like some of these guys just don't use their own piggy bank in, in some of this. There, there's probably going to be some owners who goes, you want money? I got money. Well, it's I want to e- win. It becomes Boom. an ego thing. Yeah. Certainly. Well, what did Gruden get paid? $100 million. $100 million 10 years. For 10 years. And now that looks like nothing compared to what these college coaches just got. <laughs> And I think and Gruden won a Super Bowl. And I'm worried. I'm but that worried. was a long time ago. I am worried there that there's going to be. Wait, Gruden, like, did he win a Super Bowl? Not with the Ra- He lost. No, yeah. it was, it was Dungy. He, yeah, he. Well, Gruden won with the Buccaneers. Oh, okay. And Dungy won with the Colts. Correct. So okay. they both got their Super Bowl. They just didn't win it with the Raiders. <laughs> so what I'm wondering here, like LSU was crying poor five years ago. Like when they hired Coach up, we don't have any money. Like yeah, well, it was a story. We don't know. It if we was can pay. a story. They were crying poor. Now they got a hundred million dollars to spend on a coach. Okay, that's good for one. What if this thing goes? I almost said something. What if it goes belly up? Are they going to have the type of money again? Are they going to be able to circle the wagons again and get everybody in to pay that type of thing? Because in the NFL, when's that train ever derailing? When is it ever going away? Never. But in college, there are. There might be some solid days. And there might be some times where at a state university you got to tighten your belt a little bit. But it's funny you say that. We just had a COVID year, and I linked to you the story that Pete Thamel had about Miami where Miami was able to use the big-time boosters because they all of a sudden want to spend the money. And that's the, best, that's the best thing of it. 
is if that thing goes wrong with Mario Chris, if it goes right, no one's going to say a word. If they are back in the national championship picture in the Miami, which when Miami's good, college football's better. Yeah. Everybody agrees on that. If they become Miami again, then it's fine. If if this thing turns into another Al Golden, Randy Shannon, I mean, pick your pick your coach, Manny Diaz now. When, if it turns into any one of these, that's going to be a big deal. Like We spent money from our health care system to pay this guy and his assistants. The University of Miami, this goes back to Tad Foote and Jimmy Johnson. Like They still, like they have that Michigan in them where like, Oh, we want to be really good at football, but you know, we're we're in Coral Gables, we're in Ann Arbor. We want to make sure we're a good, fine, academic institution. And that's if you're not winning, that's ugly. That is really ugly. And I'm afraid that if it weren't to work out, like some people might take those purse strings away and go, we can't just do this every time. That's an ugly, ugly story because they will they will go after you like crazy. I, I'm telling you, I do think that that still happens. What USC USC could have done this five years ago. Why didn't they? They're Lynn Swan. What, the stakes are higher now? I think the stakes are higher, and I think that I think that there are boosters who have the money, and this is some of the problem that you get with college coaching. You don't get in the NFL. The NFL's all about winning. The NFL's all about winning because you have one owner, basically. It's all about winning. And in college football, how, how is there any sort of possibility? that USC would have ever gone through the hard times they did over the last decade? How is there any sort of a possibility that a school like Miami, and they've come and gone. They've had two great runs and then gone right back to rat poop. I mean, it's been bad. I wonder if there's boosters who are going, I'm going to prove a point. I'm going to prove a point. I'm turning the faucet off. I wonder if that happened to USC. Going, you guys are hiring Lynn Swan over this. What are we doing? Faucet off. And then finally – you beg and beg and beg. And maybe, you know what, the granddad, maybe granddad passes away and the money goes to the grandson. And then all of a sudden the son's like, you know what, I, I love USC football. It's, it's, time to, it's time to turn this thing to what it's supposed to be again. I'm tired of skating on my leather ass with Clay Helton and, and preaching all this good government stuff. Like I sound like good fellas here. Preaching all this good good stuff where, you know, Reggie Bush is back on TV we had to take, give the Heisman back. We've, we've let bygones be bygones. Let's do this damn thing again. I I wonder if there's people who are willing to prove a point. You, you're not disagreeing with me. No, I'm not. You're not saying anything. I, I just know that in these – we talk about bidding wars. It normally doesn't get shut off. It just keeps going higher and the stakes get higher, and then you double down on the mistakes that are made and sunken cost – you just start thinking, oh, crap. Well, we spent all this money and we're losing. Now we have to spend even more money. I, I think it's I think it's crazy. It's crazy how this works. And so what? What do we think Stefanski makes? Let's let's uh, let's count other people's money. What do we think Stefanski's getting paid? I wish I knew. Do you think it's probably uh, four million a year? Is that low? I bet. I bet under. You think it's under four? I bet. I bet it's in the neighborhood of three. So five years from now, after what just happened in college, what's the coach of the Browns making five years from now? Eight. I was going to say higher. Possibly. I, I think I'm this... probably so full. Of, I, well, I keep trying to not want to do it. I want to do it. I'm probably so full of it right now. I probably make seven, and I don't even know. I probably the, make seven right now. Are the Browns paying for country club membership? Yes. They paying for car? 
Yes. Yeah, I think so. If you're only paying that much, you're paying for all those other things. Because uh, pri- you can always say that's what the money's for. You buy your own damn country club membership. Private jet usage. He doesn't need it to recruit. Yeah, you don't need it to recruit. Why do you need a private I jet? I guess free agents. But uh, maybe, yeah, fine. What I'm selling I mean, like Tony no, Romo. Whoop, think whoop, about whoop, 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 whoop. it. Most of the free agency deals are not done in Cleveland, Ohio. Like no. uh, they'll sign it. They'll they'll finally sign it. But when those discussions are being had, I don't know, man. I don't know. I wish I knew. I how much? Okay, how much does Mike Tomlin make? Do we know? Is there a, is man, there any documents there. out there? He's been there how long? Never had a losing been there season. A long ass time. He's won a Super good. Bowl. How much does Zach Taylor make? Are there coaches in the MAC who make more than Zach Taylor? So, so right now, I'm kidding. I'm but, kidding. But we could be honest. Right now, the NFL, these owners are getting a deal compared to the college coaches. But the NFL owners are thinking this is fungible. We can change. We can swap these coaches out. Yeah, because you need the talent that bad. Get the, the talent. We need the quarterback. We need yeah. that. That's why the bidding war is to get these quarterbacks. If Russell Wilson's available all of a sudden, yeah. that's where the bidding war is. Because you need the coach because the coach, and this is why you know, I brought it up last week. And I said it's just BS that you tell yourself well, when your girlfriend breaks up with you. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Well, you recruit the pro, you go to the program. You don't go to the coach. Okay, so they yep. just pay the coach $9 million to walk around on the sidelines? No, they pay the coach $9 million to talk idiots like you mm-hmm. and to go into the school. That's what they do. And then he leaves for an extra million. And 24-hour use of a private jet. I don't even like flying. I don't know how the hell they get me. Oh, I want to go on the private jet once. Just once in my life. Somebody. That's, well. Anybody. And you know what? That's the difference between Cleveland people and Canton people. Canton people don't like to fly. Hint, hint. <laughs> hint, hint. We done? I think that's it. XTENDAV.com. Was there anything else you want to get off your chest? No. You know I'm right about the T.J. Watt thing, too. I think Miles Garrett has a great opportunity. The final five weeks and you, a playoff yeah, opportunity. But you know if Miles Garrett was wearing a Steelers jersey. Some people said, well, it's the timing of it. It's the timing of it. I go, whoa, wait, 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 wait. How many times have we kept games within shoot, shoot and reach of, of Baker Mayfield because I'm a Miles Garrett stop? He's been unbelievable. Like, I'm not Miles saying, has been unbelievable. I totally respect what you're saying. Where it's like, hey, just because T.J. Watt would be in the lead doesn't mean Miles Garrett's garbage, and I don't need to say that T.J. Watt is garbage to make an argument for Miles Garrett. They're both extremely good. Of course, we had to go one and fifteen for our guy. They didn't have to do any of that. I know. <sighs> That's what I don't like about tanking, man. This is great. Miami tells the media not to ask Mario Cristobal about the process of him being hired. <laughs> All right, you can wish in one hand and you know what in the other. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on who's going to be there. They can restrict access. They always remember that stuff, and they threaten you with it. Uh, what do you think of Mac Jones deferring to the media, the communications office, on whether or not to talk to Mannings on the Manning podcast? That was a great move. People were losing move. their mind. I'm like, yeah, it's easy. Say you'll do it and then say, but I have to ask. He's no. that. He's listen. This is a guy who Saban keeps everybody quiet. He was the perfect quarterback for Bill Belichick. Mm. So the perfect quarterback is a match made in hell. This is gonna be it make the rest of our lives a living hell. And then when Josh McDaniels takes over as the head coach of the Patriots, match made in hell. Which by the way, there's a lot of people. I I don't have anything against Josh McDaniels. 
you know I like his father. Let's ease up on the Kevin Stefanski stuff right now, okay? I'm getting a lot of tweets about that. Let's look cool it. They're six and six. All right, I don't like some of the decisions either. Let's get our heads out of our ass for just a moment. He's been very successful. And if Baker proves to end up sucking up the room, then you're going to really love Kevin Stefanski because obviously he was able to make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. So I don't want to hear that anymore either. I'm starting to get a lot of tweets about that. I'm like, e- guys, ease up. Ease up, for Christ's sake. One guy's an offensive coordinator. The other guy's a head coach. Yeah. There's a big difference in that responsibility, and Josh McDaniels knows that firsthand. Yeah. But, again, nothing against Josh McDaniels. Well, I think Josh would be a great play caller. I, but I, and I, wanted to, I wanted them to hire him a coach. I absolutely wanted them to hire him as the coach. I wanted them to redo the front office. Uh, and then, obviously, last year settled that, that. I thought I was open-minded towards Stefanski. I really did. I was like, God, what is – like, they must – you know, we've tried everything under the sun, and this thing sucks. Maybe he, this guy's maybe the cat's ass. Who knows? I think he's been good. Did I, who did I want to be the coach? I remember I wanted – remember the time I wanted Matt Patricia? Oh, yeah, oh, Patricia. Oh, my God. Yeah, but all these guys are set up for failure. Let's be honest. You got to be careful about that stuff. I found out that stuff in his, back, like in his past, and I was like, yeah. Not good. Well, that one detail with that. Uh, Don't. That, that's not know, a good time to hit the button. Don't oh, do that. come on. No, not on that guy. Come not on, on that guy. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Find something else to say. Find something else to say. Do not do that. No. I'm I sorry. Don't, I don't understand. <laughs> that's the problem. I will tell you what my dad used to say about the McDaniels family next. Oh. Okay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 